Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the podcast about jujitsu and so much more. I'm Jen Eads, a blue belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu brown belt, still obsessed with jujitsu. So you are recently back from Costa Rica. Yes, yes. Um, it was amazing. You know, long story short, we all kind of had a tough time getting there because when most of us were flying out was when we had the major snowstorm. Rissa and I made it like five people had their flights canceled and had to come a day late. But, you know, eventually we all got down there and we had a great time. What was your favorite part? Really just getting to be with Rissa the whole time. Like that was really nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and, you know, like the sunshine, the beach, like we were in the water every single day one way or another, like whether it was swimming under a waterfall or in the hot springs or in the ocean or, you know, whatever. So uh, I always love that. And I got to teach a lot, you know, so, and I mean, I teach every day, (laughs) but but I got to like dive into some stuff a little more, you know, like I taught a session on deep half and, you know, just some stuff that I got to dive into more. So it was a lot of fun. What was your favorite thing that you learned? Well, I've gotten the pleasure of learning from Rachel a lot in the past. So um, a lot of times we're working on stuff that I've worked on with her before. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, getting to go over, you know, some of the shin on shin stuff again and like, oh, yeah, I should put this back in my game. So (laughs) that kind of stuff is fun. Nice. What was it like? I mean, what how was it structured? We had it um, one way going in and we kind of altered it a little bit once we were there. Um, So we had it set. Basically, we were training, you know, I I think three days in a row we trained at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. This was the original schedule. Then we had an off day and then the co-ed session started and it was the same 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Approximately like some of the times were a little different, but that was mostly after we were there a little bit. We decided to start doing longer morning sessions and cancel the afternoon sessions. So we did that, I think, two or three of the days between the six. And that just really helped us, like, play more. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, like, otherwise, you know, it's kind of a culture of, like, paradise, right? Like, you know, like, you go to Hawaii, and it's, like, island time, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. So, you know, you'd get done training, and we'd all, like, talk and hang out, as you often do after class, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd maybe go back to your room and change, and, like, everybody would go eat together. So then we have, you know, 12 people or something uh, at a table, and so service can be kind of slow, and then by the time we're done eating lunch, it's like, guys, we got to get back to training, you know? So yeah. uh, we did cancel a couple of the evening sessions and just make the morning ones longer so that we had more time to, like, play at the beach and shop and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Your Instagram was incredible. I might have yeah. been, been a little sad <laughs> that I was not there. We put it in our stories mostly. And if you didn't get to see that, we did make a highlight reel from that. So um, you could always go into the role model grappling Instagram and just kind of, you know, click through that highlight reel and kind of see some of the things we did in Costa Rica. So how many people ended up being there? Yeah, we had 32 um, that came from like the U.S. and Canada. And then anyone from their school from Hero Academy was allowed to participate as well. So um, during the female only session, then there were some women from there that trained. And then during the co-ed session, we had some men and women that trained. So it's very cool. Are you going to do it again? 
Yeah. <laughs> so definitely when we got there uh, and everything was kind of crazy, um, Rissa was like, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. And I just kept being like, but will we? I mean, like, you know, let's, I mean, we don't want to say never, you know, like maybe in a couple of years or something, you know. Um, by the time we were leaving, of course, we were already planning the next one. <laughs> of course, because that's just how you do things. That is how I do things. And somebody, you know, kind of brought up a good thing to me that made sense. And it was like, you know, do you think you do that so that you don't mourn it as much when it's over? And I think that's, oh. that is a good part of it. Cause you always go into a little bit of a mourning after any camp is over. Cause you worked so hard for it. Um, yeah. so I think that is part of it. Like we just start getting excited about the next one. What was the hardest part of it? Like, so when you were there, what was the most challenging piece of that that made Risser go, mm, Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. It just, I mean, for that, it was just getting everyone there. It was, you yeah. know, with we, cause you know, we are trying to make sure that everything is running smoothly. And so just with people's flights getting canceled because of the snow or lack of, lack of staff or <laughs> something like that, you know, like people were having trouble getting there. And then a couple of people got their luggage lost. And like, so uh. I think it was just the stress of like, getting it started and getting it going was really what, you know, Rissa was like, no, this is too stressful. And then we had so much fun. It was like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the next one won't be like when there's a blizzard in Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, and- it's so rare that we have weather that's that bad. Like we don't get weather that's that bad. So yeah, we made it. We made it. <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad it looked so much fun. And we've talked about like other places we'd like to do retreats like that as well. I don't think we'll go to Costa Rica every year. Um, If we do one next year, it would be in conjunction with somebody else. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. But but yeah, so, uh, but I don't think role model solo will do Costa Rica every year. I think we'd like to explore other places. And we have um, started looking at and talking to other people about those. So so what I'm hearing you say is that I need to get my passport updated. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Although that was one thing we kind of talked about too, was um, probably the next retreat we do like that, we'd kind of like to do stateside just to help with some of the passport issues that some of our guys had. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now I know that we might still have people from Canada and stuff like that join us, but I think that, you know, I don't know. They feel like it's, they're a little more used to traveling. So (laughs) they're better at it. Some of our guys really (laughs) struggled to get their passports on time. (laughs) Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So before I left for Costa Rica, uh, you competed in your first blue belt tournament, correct? That is correct. So how was that? Well, it definitely felt like my first competition as a blue belt. Yeah. What was really nice about it, so it was a Fuji tournament. What was great, though, is that it looked like at one point that I was only going to get to go against Jennifer, my primary training partner. Yeah. Which would have been fine. You know, we we would have done it. Uh Fortunately, there was another woman there that actually was working with the tournament, also happened to be a blue belt. So they made a bracket for her to go with me and then a bracket for her to go with Jennifer. So Jennifer and I did not have to compete against each other. And we just got to be cheerleaders, which was really nice. So yeah, I went 0 for 2. 
Both against that same girl. Yeah, yeah. Definitely learned some things. And I think there were there were some things that I did better than I had done in, in previous tournaments. It was funny. So when Beth, my wife, watched the video, which she she didn't go because we've just determined that it's better for me to compete and just come home and tell her how it went than for her to go and actually watch. Yeah. She worries. <laughs> so when I showed her the video, and I hadn't even watched it yet, I was just like cranky troll. I'm like, I don't even want to watch it. She's like, oh, you've actually gotten better. Nice. That's awesome that she could recognize that. Yeah. And and I have, like, my standup was better than it has been in previous tournaments. Still not great. Still a lot of things to work on. But there has been improvement. Yeah, yeah. I noticed improvement, absolutely. And there was no shame in losing to that girl. Like, she was good. She was, yeah, she was good, for sure. And she choked Jennifer unconscious. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was something. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) That was definitely a highlight of the day for me. Yeah. Which sounds like a weird thing to say, but it was just because Jennifer had her back. Yes. So (laughs) um, what happened for those of you listening, uh, the girl (laughs) had a baseball bat choke on her. And, you know, sometimes when somebody has a baseball bat choke, you don't recognize it. And she's done baseball bat chokes before. She knows what it is. But like sometimes you just don't recognize that you're getting choked. And um, she thought she was getting her back and was very excited and then passed out. Um, And so the girl (laughs) is underneath her with Jennifer unconscious on top of her. And the ref doesn't notice that Jennifer is unconscious. Um, But the girl does, thankfully. So she taps because, you know, the ref isn't paying attention. And then the ref's like not knowing what's happening and trying to tell Jennifer to get off of the girl, but Jennifer is unconscious. So he just tries to like pull her off of her. It was very awkward, but um, there's some really good pictures of Jennifer unconscious with her eyes open. Yeah. It's, I've never seen that before. So, <laughs> And Jennifer's a great sport. Like she thought it was hilarious and you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's nice that we can laugh about that. I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we we both got our first blue belt competitions done. So you've joked a couple times. I say joked, but I want to know the truth um, that you do not wish to compete again. Um, You want to talk about that a little bit? Oh sure. Yeah, I just really kind of (laughs) don't. And no, I won't even say like I really kind. It's not even. I'm thinking about it. I think I don't want to. No, I right now I have no desire going into the tournament. And granted, sometimes I have unrealistic expectations for where I am with things. Um, It doesn't matter if it's sports, work, whatever it is. Yeah. So I don't think it was as much that I, I, I knew that I could have trained harder. I could have eaten better. I could have there are so many things that I could have done to to prepare more. And I felt just kind of cranky about everything going into it. And it wasn't fun. <laughs> Which not that that's always going. I mean, I think there's a certain level of stress and it's not necessarily fun. But even I didn't like the way that I felt after the match. Yeah. Like I had no re- no expectations that I was going to go in there and actually win. 
but I, I wanted to at least do what I felt was a good job. Yeah. And after it was done, like normally I compete and I don't do that great, but I compete and it's all fine and good and whatever. And I'm ready to move on with my life. But this time I was just like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I, I didn't feel good about it. I felt cranky about it. You know, normally after I've gotten beaten in a tournament, you know, I'll like be friends with the person or whatever. And I was like, I don't even, and this girl was great. She was super nice. And I was like, I don't like the way I feel about myself right now because, and it's not that like I didn't shake hands after it. Like it wasn't. Right. It wasn't outward. And outwardly, like I didn't want to be a good sport kind of thing, but I was like, I just didn't like how I felt inside. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. So in that, you know, like you kind of said, um, you know, you thought you'd do some things like you thought you would do a good job. And then afterwards, like you kind of didn't feel like you did. But now that you're separated from it a little bit and you've watched the video and you know that you've improved, do you feel like, yes, you did do a better job? I felt like my stand up was better. Like I lasted longer standing up than I normally do. So that was good. Yeah. But once we hit the mat, like I was just toast. And her pressure, her pressure was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a, in a very bad way for me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. She, she was good. Like she did a great job, but that doesn't take away from the fact that like you also did a good job. You did improve. And I'm, I would never say you have to compete. One thing that I like to, I guess, live by is, I think we've talked about it before, but I heard a podcast with this like Olympic gymnast and her mom would always tell her she couldn't quit on a bad day. If you have a good day and then you want to quit gymnastics, fine, but you cannot quit on a bad day. And so I kind of feel that way a little bit about competing too. Like, I don't want you to quit because that was a bad experience. Also, I would really like to see you compete in a federation tournament before you decide because it's different. Yeah. I mean, how old's that girl that you fought? Uh, she was not 50. Nope. She was probably, I would be surprised if she was 30. Yeah, same. I figured she was probably about 25. Yeah, yeah. Which is half your age. I mean, for real, (laughs) right? So I'm, you know, like I'm not trying to be rude, but it's true. Like, oh yeah, it's a difference. It's a difference. And so I think, you know, like, yes, the smaller tournaments are good for you to get out there and just get some mad experience. But I think go out and do Masters World. I still think that should be your goal because then you can at least fight ladies your age, right? You'll be 51 this year, which puts you in what? So three, four, Masters five. You're going to fight women that are anywhere from like 50 to 55. My people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a different experience. Isn't it in September? It is in September, which is actually when it used to be. Yeah. So it Ah. will be... Yep, that first, it starts, uh, I think it's September 1st through the 3rd or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to Brandy Carlisle that following weekend. So it's like, I don't think that's probably going to happen. You could just, you could just start the week in Vegas and then trek up to Brandy Carlisle. But we're trekking after Brandy. I've just, it's in my head. I'm not doing it. Yeah. 
Well, and like, it doesn't have to be this year, you know, like, but I just, you know, and that's what I think about. I mean, honestly, anybody that like, quote unquote, retires, you know, like from competing, like you look at the major black belts, like, I think that if you want to say your focus is changing, and that's not what you, you know, like, I'm not going to compete in this stuff, you know, like, that's one thing. But like, I just don't want it to be final. Like, you know, you shouldn't close that door forever. And, you know, like Michelle, Michelle Nicolini, she retired from competing in jujitsu a few years back and she was competing in Europeans this last weekend. So, well, and I think too, I've gotten some clarity around where jujitsu fits in my life. Yeah. And it's just probably going to be this thing that I go do that I like to go do because I get out and I love our team and yeah, it's good exercise and it's not something I'm ever going to be really good at. And I've just accepted that. So it's like, where does that fit in with these other things that I do want to pour into that I can actually do somewhat well, like (laughs) my job and being a musician? And it's like, where does that, do I want to devote more time? Because if I'm going to compete, then I need to commit and go all in with it. And I just feel like I'm kind of halfway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that doesn't feel good to me to just go at it kind of halfway. Yeah, I understand that. I think that's that one wing coming out. Oh, completely. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, go back a few episodes to the Enneagram episodes. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put a link to those. Those are really good episodes, I think. Definitely. (laughs) So that's kind of where I am with it. And if it works out that at some point I do want to do it, then great. So I'm not saying I'm never going to do it. That's all I just. Yeah, I just right now it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like where I want to commit the extra time that it would take to actually go out and feel like that even if I stepped on the mat and just got smoked, like at least if I knew that I was 100 percent prepared and did everything that I could to show up, then I would at least feel a little better. That's a strong one wing coming out 100 percent prepared. (laughs) Never in my life have I been 100% prepared for anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, so I might have some mental things to work through. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I get it, though. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I just want, you know, like, never should you expect to be 100% prepared, 100% healthy, 100%, you know, like, ready to compete. That's, that's too much to ask of anybody. So maybe I can reframe that as prepared to the best of my ability. Yeah. And like I said, like, I, I'm not the coach that says, like, you have to compete. I do believe that, like, it could take you longer to progress if you're not Mm -hmm. competing, because there's a lot of aspects that, you know, gives you a focus and that kind of stuff, you know, but I don't think you have to compete to progress. And also I'm just tired (laughs) (laughs) because I was on vacation and then, and it was not a jujitsu vacation and getting back on the mat this week, it felt almost not quite as bad as when I came back after surgery, but I was like, Oh, this is, I made some poor choices on vacation, (laughs) even though they were great at the time. 
But I feel like I've been paying the price coming back on the mat, like just moving super slow and being tired and running out of gas and just, you know, all those things you do when you aren't on the mat for a while. Yeah. And we have to understand that there is an extent that things ebb and flow, right? Like, yeah, um, I'm just really getting back to rolling post-surgery. A little update on that. I'm going to have to have another surgery. Uh. Yeah. So they're going to one of one of my screws is not going well and it's been extremely painful uh, and it shouldn't be, it should be healed up at this time. So they're going to remove that screw. I'll know when next week, but yeah, so I'm like super taping it up and trying to roll still, but I feel like I'm just getting back to that and it's hard. Like it is, you know, it is exhausting, but it also just kind of feels great. feels good to like get that sweat and, you know, get those endorphins and stuff. So you're having a much different experience with it than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're at different places in our jujitsu career, you know, like completely. Yeah. Which I think is the beauty of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, like I got in a few rounds a couple nights ago and rolled some that was like pretty equal, rolled some where I was doing a pretty decent job and rolled some where I got my butt kicked. You know, like that's, yeah. that's the perfect class for me, you know, so and I can, I just have to like not have a lot of ego in the times that I'm getting my butt kicked. Like it's just part of it. Well, there you have it, friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think just kind of a little update on how our February has been. I appreciate everybody letting us take a little bit of a break. It's the first time we've taken a break in the three years almost that we've been doing Beauty and the Key. Yeah, it's been a while. It's funny how how long we've been doing this when I look back at it. Yeah, yeah, we started, I think, like mid April of 2019. Sorry. Right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Anything we need to know coming up for camp or anything? Just that I'm very excited. Uh, we're at like 40% sold out. I cannot recommend enough for people to stay at the hotel. So if you go to rolemodelswanted.com, um, when you click on the indie base camp part at the top, there's a thing that says reserve your room. Um, So that'll take you to our link so you can save some money. They're actually giving us a huge discount in comparison to what their rooms normally go for. And if you stay at the hotel, breakfast is included. And it's not like continental breakfast. It's made to order breakfast. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, I might stay just for that. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Um, I'm going to stay at least one night, maybe, maybe both if there's breakfast. Right? It's such a good idea. Like, you know, it's just, I mean, obviously, if you're coming in from out of town, you have to stay at a hotel anyway, you might as well stay at that hotel. Um, But all of us, you know, most of us that live in town, um, are still staying at the hotel, because, you know, things start at seven in the morning, on Saturday and Sunday, I think, and um, we have a party Saturday night. And, you know, a lot of the relationships happen in the hallways or in the Mm -hmm. pool or the hot tub or, you know, like, there's just so much uh, more to the camp that you can get. Plus, if, you know, Saturday during lunch, you're tired, you can just, you know, truck up to your room and take a nap. Ooh, I like that idea yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now you're so. speaking to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> food and naps. That's what we need. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's basically it. I'll go anywhere for food and naps. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I highly recommend uh, for everyone to stay at the hotel. I think it's it's going to come in clutch. <laughs> Fantastic. 
How about uh, an on the mat tip this week since you're, you know, back from jujitsu camp? I didn't, I, you know, we haven't done this podcast in so long. When you started doing your introduction, I was like, what do I say? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of forgot we did on and off the mat tips. I was not prepared. (laughs) Uh. Right now from my personal on the mat, it's just been, you know, kind of focusing back to finding my jujitsu and what I want to work on. Sometimes I teach so much that my jujitsu feels a little everywhere. Uh-huh. So my personal on the mat thing that I'm working on is just kind of narrowing down and trying to game plan again. So I have an off the mat for this week. Great. What is it? Emily Kwok started a podcast. Oh, yeah. And it's so good. It's called Master and Apprentice. And I will put a link to it in the show notes. It's so good. I've listened to the first couple of episodes and they were fantastic. And one of them is with Dominica, right? Yes, that was the one that I listened to on the way home from Florida. I was excited to drive on this trip because whoever's driving is in charge of what we're listening to. (laughs) And I really wanted to listen to that podcast. So I was actually excited to drive on the way home. Nice, nice. And we're going to be interviewing Dominica in a podcast coming up. Uh, And she's one of our main instructors for Role Model Camp. So very excited. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already or follow it if you're in Spotify or wherever you're listening. In some places it's subscribe and some places it's follow. Just Just make sure that you're doing the thing (laughs) so that you're getting the podcast as soon as they drop in the morning. Exactly. And where can they find us if they want to connect with us? We are hanging out on Instagram at Beauty and the Gee Podcast, and we are on Facebook at Beauty and the Gee Gang, and I'm on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen. And I'm AJ Klingerman, pretty much everywhere, and also role model <laughs> grappling everywhere else. <laughs> and I also wanted to just say thank you. We've gotten a couple of DMs on Instagram of folks that have discovered the podcast recently, and If you hear something that you like, let us know. Or if you have a topic or an idea that you want to hear us cover, let us know. Send us a message. Just let us know what you like listening to in the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Someone tagged us recently that they were like listening to our podcast and they were on episode like eight or something. Um, And it was an ego recap. And I was like, wow, that feels like a lifetime ago. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) So yeah, you know, a lot of people like to go back and listen to back episodes. And that's cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we will see you on On the the mat. mat.